Hey guys, and welcome back to the official podcast of Develop Yelman, Develop Yelman Unplugged. And in today's episode, we're going to be talking about uncomfortable conversations. One of those topics that, you know, when we're reflecting on what topic to cover today, there's been this kind of common thing we've seen that people can have all the tools in the world, they can have all the awareness in the world of what needs to be said and what needs to be done, but sometimes there are some conversations, there are some situations Mm -hmm that overwhelm us, that stress us, that can freak us out or, or really can make us doubt ourselves and, and we can feel insecure and, and we can start having an internal dialogue with ourselves and not share what we really need to share. So what we want to do in this episode is talk about how can we have those uncomfortable conversations that we really know we need to have because we feel stuck or we feel paralyzed, but how can we do it in a way that people can actually receive what you want to share? How can we do it in a way that, you know, it's actually a conversation, not just a one-way street? And that can be a bit of a challenge because uncomfortable conversations by nature tend to be conversations where a lot of insecurities are involved. And when insecurities are involved, people get defensive, they get forceful, they communicate in really not the kindest manner. So what we want to do is really look at how can we have these conversations without being forceful, without being defensive, and really getting to some common ground, finding solutions for everyone and creating win-win dynamics. So in this episode, I'm joined by my sister, with whom I've had a lot of uncomfortable conversations, (laughs) and I hope to have many more uncomfortable conversations (laughs) as the years go on. So yeah, let's talk about uncomfortable conversations. Yeah, it's... (laughs) I'm a bit of an expert in avoiding uncomfortable conversations, because here's the thing, like, you know that it's going to be difficult. You know that people are going to have different opinions. You know that there's going to be pushback. You know that it's going to be stressful. You know that it's going to be draining. Um, but one thing that I talk about in the book that I'm writing right now about regenerative spaces, or that we're writing right now about regenerative spaces, uh, a cat may just have knocked some. Okay, everything's okay. Um, is that sometimes you have to invest that extra bit of energy now, allow yourself to get a little bit drained now, in order to maximize your future potential of regeneration. And that really applies to a lot of uncomfortable conversations that we postpone and we postpone and we postpone because we don't want to get drained in the moment. But then we're draining ourselves thinking about how draining it's going to be to have the conversation and how many ways in which it can go wrong And then we don't have that resolution that allows us to regenerate again afterwards. Yeah, no, it's very important to understand that by avoiding the conversation, many times the problems multiply. Yeah. And, I mean, a lot of people fall victim to uh, a lot of suboptimal behaviors, environments, choices. Mm -hmm. I mean, escapism is a huge issue where people, they escape from their problems. They escape from their problems to alternate social bubbles or to drugs, alcohol, whatever it is that numbs them or makes them forget about the the reality of their struggles. But what we really want to explore in Develop Yelman is how can you become stronger, more resilient, Mm -hmm. really increase your defenses, increase your social skills and and really your confidence to face things head on Mm -hmm. because there are many issues that if you were to just face them head on relatively quickly they wouldn't spiral out of control but how many times by postponing the like postponing dealing with the issue how many times have you had the issue just spiral out of control yeah and really that's what we want to avoid so that's why we we want to make it clear that 
there's nothing wrong with having uncomfortable conversations. I mean, we talk about this in development all the time about, you know, if if you want to get to a more comfortable period in your life, you have to go through periods of discomfort. Mm -hmm. It can be facing rejection. It can be facing failure. I mean, all successful businesses, all innovators have gone through a lot of failure before they got uh, to that success. Uh, if you want to sell, you have to pitch a lot of clients and fail miserably and get rejected before you get the clients that say yes. Yeah. So we always talk about in whatever it is that you, you want to achieve in life, there's got to be this understanding that there's nothing wrong with a bit of discomfort yeah. on your journey to oh, much more comfort. Yeah. And the same goes in your day-to-day -day life, in your relationships, will it be romantic, family, uh, professional relationships, friendships, if there's something that's draining you, if there's something that's stressing you out, if there's something that's really tearing you apart inside, mm -hmm. you better face it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and I understand many of you might be so overwhelmed and paralyzed that facing it seems like a very daunting task. Mm -hmm. And that's why in development we talk about this concept of, okay, you don't have to force the conversation, you don't have to force the action, Use the tools of development to recharge your battery, elevate your confidence, and face it really head on. Yeah. And if you're joining us for the first time, do you want to give a little bit of context about the basic tools of development that can help them in this kind of journey? Yes. Uh, in Develop Your Element, we talk about personal and professional development uh, from a lot of div different angles. But one thing that's very important to us is not making our advice one size fits all, um, because we know that what works for you is not necessarily what works for me or what works for Yannick. So in order to give a bit of context to the things we say, we also talk about personality theory. And not in a giving you a profile, that's it, this is who you are, and this is what you're stuck with kind of way, but talking about different motivators, talking about different ways of functioning, talking about uh, responding to stimulus in different ways. We each are wired differently, so if we start learning those differences, we can realize, oh, this person didn't mean anything wrong when they said that. They were just giving me what they wanted or what they needed. Yeah. Uh, there are a lot of things that we understand better in context when we have more information about what's going on. So we talk about the different things that motivate people so that we know better why they might act the way they act. Yeah, I mean, when we talk about personality psychology, exactly, it's not to put you in a box, not to limit you, not to define you, but it's to respect the differences, value the differences, understand the differences. Mm -hmm. And when we talk about uncomfortable conversations, I mean, most uncomfortable conversations, they stem from the fact that we have different ways of operating, different yeah. instincts, different ways of approaching things. And that can generate a lot of frustration, a lot of confusion, a lot of sensation of being inadequate as yeah. well or, or not being able to meet expectations because many times we just have so different ways of operating yeah. that people end up clashing with each other because of those differences. Yeah. And what we really focus on is how can you use those differences to really collaborate to really grow to complement each other to support each other yeah. instead of being like using your insecurities and your fears to like amplify the differences and make the differences more important than than really how much you can complement each other and the common yeah. goals right and these uncomfortable conversations it's it's impressive how many people even when they know they need to have the conversation on a very, very logical, conscious level, how many people choose to procrastinate? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and 
I mean, in Develop Yaman, we say it's okay to go recharge, to work mm-hmm. on your, your, your confidence levels, to take certain steps, to be ready to face the situation. Yeah. But we also say it's not okay to escape from your problems. So if it's not an efficient recharge just before battle or just before facing the the uncomfortable situation, mm-hmm. if it's not an efficient recharge, if it's not an efficient prep, then then things are going to get way more uncomfortable because the more time yeah. you give it to grow it. Yeah, and, and I mean, it may be that you'll need certain information before going into the situation. Yeah. Maybe you need to fact check something. Maybe yeah. you need to double check something. Maybe you need to find a different way of saying things than the way you've normally been saying things. But you don't want to take that too far. And I think that's where I'm really good at sometimes taking it too far because I want I can imagine every detail yeah. about how it could turn out and how what if they're in a good mood what if they're in a bad mood what if they're feeling like joking what if they're feeling like this and then i try to plan for absolutely every scenario but when you've gotten to that point of trying to plan for every single scenario you're not actually facing the scenario you're just buying time to because keep avoiding it a bit longer your insecurities help fill in the blanks yeah and provide you with that information you're seeking but without really checking with the actual source and then all of a sudden you end up assuming the worst the amount of difficult conversations that actually have turned out to be very very easy conversation (laughs) blows like it it, it, it's mind-blowing yeah here at the office i mean many times employees end up being drained end up being emotionally distressed uh they might be stressed they might have some issue and then they postpone talking to me sometimes and then when they finally do it's like oh that was an easier fix than i thought (laughs) because their insecurities and their previous contacts with previous employers makes them assume certain reactions that aren't necessarily applicable to this situation or the situation at hand and that is something we got to be very careful because yes you've got to find with information and knowledge is power. But if you don't actually make sure to get the information and the knowledge from the actual source and you just provide yourself with information, then there's no fact-checking yeah. and there's no, um, there's no actual, how shall I say, no one keeps you in check. Yeah. And we're not very good at keeping ourselves in check because we're very good at telling ourselves all the reasons why our negative mindset is correct. Yeah. Uh, but by facing it, you can sol- sometimes solve the problem in five minutes. Yeah. Not all problems are five-minute fix. And yes, the more recharged you are, the more regenerated, the more confident, the more prepared you are mentally to face it, the more likely you are to face it in an efficient way. Yeah. And we also say don't force it in the moment. Timing is key. If you try to have an uncomfortable conversation when everyone is drained, burned out, stressed, anxious, what's going to happen? You're just going to drain everyone more. People are going to get defensive. The conflict is going to grow and nothing is going to get solved. Or you're going to play a zero-sum game where for you to win, the other person has to lose and you force your idea, you force your context, you force your narrative and it's your narrative or nothing. And really, then there's no real solution. Yeah. So it's not about forcing it in the moment. It's not about rushing it. Yes, do your prep, but don't extend your prep due to insecurities and procrastination. And yeah. don't rush it either. Find a middle point. Ask yourself, when is the right moment? And generally speaking, 
sometimes it's wait a day, wait a few hours when everyone is relaxed, when everyone is happy, when everyone is when it's not the heat of the moment, yeah. and then have the conversation and don't point fingers neither at yourself nor at anyone else. Mm-hmm. Yes, taking responsibility is a very very good way of lowering people's guard. So starting off with saying, "Listen, I know that I haven't been the best of blah 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 blah." That can help a lot, yeah. but. Definitely don't go pointing fingers at the other person right away or the other people. And also don't blame yourself for everything either. Mm-hmm. Find a balance where it's like, okay, we're all kind of responsible. If you're more responsible and you know you're more responsible, take that responsibility. Take that mm-hmm. ownership of the situation. Yeah. Don't blame other people for your problems in that situation. But I know that there are some people that are very good at blaming themselves for everything, and I know mm-hmm. that there are some people that are very good at blaming everyone else for their problems and not yeah. take responsibility. So a dose of self-awareness <laughs> goes a long way. Yeah, I, I think that's a very good point you make about not blaming yourself for everything because it can also distract from the conversation. Yeah. Like if you're going fully into, I'm wrong, I'm wrong, everything mm-hmm. I do is wrong, oh my God, I'm so awful, you're making the whole show about you and whether or not you intend for it to be manipulative, it ends up manipulating other people's responses because you're feeling so bad, they don't want to hurt you more, so they might not feel that they can say what they need to say. And this can happen both as the one that's bringing up the conversation and the one that's receiving the conversation. If you receive... If someone brings up an issue that's very important to them and you start going directly into, oh my God, I'm so awful, I'm so bad, everything is my fault then you're kind of stopping the conversation in its tracks. So you do want to take responsibility, but in a, hey, you know what? I see that. I've recognized that I haven't been the best at this. I've recognized that I've made these mistakes. How can I improve? And if you focus the intention, okay, how can I improve? What can I do differently? What steps can I take? What information do I need? What can I learn? If you're focusing your attention on that, then you're continuing and contributing to the conversation. Yeah, and and that's a very, very good point that we have to emphasize we have to stress that point a bit because really with any conflict with any uncomfortable situation with any uncomfortable conversation the focus should be on solving problems and improving Mm -hmm. the situation yeah it should not be on winning the argument and invalidating the other person or justifying your argument or justifying your stance Mm -hmm. or taking all the responsibility and blaming yourself just to shut people up so that things don't get out of hand because that's also sometimes thing that happens. Yeah. Sometimes when I'm very fatigued, when I'm very drained and I don't have the mental clarity to actually solve the problem, I just go, yeah, it's my fault. It's I'll, I'll, I'll take responsibility, blah, blah, blah. Just blame me. I'm the bad guy, blah, 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 blah. And then, yeah, the other person feels like, okay, well, it's fixed, but the actual problem doesn't get fixed. Yeah. So, yes, that can help you by time to have the conversation and solve the problems at a time where everyone is in a better state, but that should not be your final solution. Yeah. Like, yes, taking responsibility, wow. Taking responsibility can really reduce the tension in a difficult mm-hmm. conversation. Taking the blame can reduce the tension, but rarely is it one person's fault. Yeah. Most people, most issues really are a team effort to solve. Mm-hmm. And if you just take full responsibility, and don't actually have any follow-up to improve or prevent that issue from happening again, Yeah, it's likely that they you're just going to have a vicious cycle. of the Yeah, and the other person will get fatigued because if they come to you with an issue yeah. and you just go, oh, it's all my fault, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, 
and then nothing actually changes and you bring up the issue again oh my god i'm so sorry i'm so awful it's all my fault i'm terrible if that repeats a couple of times the other person will feel like there's no way they can bring this issue up again because if i bring this up i'm a terrible person for making the other person feel bad but at the same time i'm frustrated because the other person isn't doing anything so it's not really conducive to a long-term solution um and and it's uncomfortable for everyone involved if you recognize that and have compassion both for yourself and the other people it's like okay yes this is uncomfortable but it's worth it like this relationship is worth it this business is worth it this situation is worth it so yeah it's going to be uncomfortable for all of us but it needs to be done yeah no and the more transparent you are about the fact that it is an uncomfortable conversation. Mm-hmm. No one really wants to be there, but let's work together as a team. Let's find a solution. Mm-hmm. The more transparent and communicative you are about that, the less people feel like they're attacked or they're wrong, yeah. and the more they feel like, oh, this is really an effort to improve things. Yeah. So really, the, that's what you really want to come with that kind of approach of, you know what? This is not working, f- or this is frustrating. But let's not play the blame game. Let's see how can we improve this? How can we solve this? How can we prevent this from happening again? And that really goes a long way. Um, But we've got to also be aware that when we are insecure, we invalidate other people. Mm -hmm. When we are insecure, we force things. We repeat things without adapting our narrative. And one big problem with difficult conversations is when people get frustrated, they get forceful. And they just insist and insist and insist and they force their narrative, they force their point, and it doesn't actually solve the problem because they might be speaking Russian from the other person's perspective. When we talk about personality psychology, we have to understand the way that different personalities, different people approach the same situation is very different. Their values, their priorities, their... Uh, order of things, their order of priority, how they understood a situation, how they have interpreted a situation or the context that's uh, relevant to the situation. Everyone perceives it and analyzes it and digests it differently. So when we are insecure, it's very easy to get into the habit of, no, 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 you're not listening to me. This is the point. This is the point. This is the point. And obviously, they are probably listening, they're just not understanding. So what you have to do in that moment is breathe, don't raise your voice, don't get intense, don't feel hurt. Be like, okay, who's my audience? How did my audience come to this point? What is the personality? What's the experience? What's the context? What's their vocabulary? What are their what's their priority list look like? Uh, Why are they doing what they're doing the way they're doing? Okay, the more information I have about my audience, the easier it is for me to communicate my point. Mm -hmm. And it's not about your point being valid or invalid. Most people's points are valid. It's just a question of, is it truly relevant to the situation? Is it truly tailored to this person or these people that are listening? Mm -hmm. And really taking the time to be like, okay, so you're not understanding my point, but that's... that's not a problem with me, that's not a problem with you, it's just we're different, so let me try to rephrase this, but maybe before rephrasing it, ask some questions. Take some time to ask some questions to get the information you need. It's like a salesperson, the more questions you ask, 
the more information you have to solve your client's problems yeah. or find the right solution. Well, with uncomfortable conversations, the more questions you ask and the less you force your narrative, mm -hmm. the easier it is to be like, ah, okay, now I get it. This is why things aren't working. Okay, let me just uh, communicate my point based on and really related to what we're talking about here so you understand what I'm saying. Now I understand what you're saying and let's work together to solve this. Yeah. Like that's something that really we got to be very careful with those moments where we're feeling insecure or where we are feeling drained and have lack of mental clarity or when we have a kitten that is climbing on top <laughs> of us during a podcast. Um, <laughs> hello. Um, but yeah, so we got we to gotta be very aware of that because we tend to be reactive when we are drained or insecure instead of proactive, instead of really being aware of what's required in the moment. And yeah. I think tailored approaches are always better. I mm -hmm. mean, whether we're talking sales, whether we're talking uh, like uncomfortable conversations, whether we're talking anything that we do that's social, the more personalized it is, the more you take into account the different people involved, the better. Yeah. Uh, if I'm laughing, it's because Steve behind the scenes is playing with the cats and turtles and messing around. Um, yeah, no, you do want to have that information because sometimes it's uncomfortable having that information, especially if there's strong disagreements. Yeah. But if you know what's at the root of their ideas, their opinions, yeah. their beliefs, like maybe they're scared of something and that's why they're reacting the way they're reacting. You can resolve that. You can go, yeah. oh, look, okay, you're scared of this. Yeah. Let me show you how this is not going to happen. This is not something you need yeah. to worry about. Look, you know, yes, I understand your fear. We all have this kind of fear, but this is more likely how it's actually going to play out. You know, like if you know what's at the root of the issue for them and for you, then it's so much easier to come to a final solution. Because oftentimes what we say at the surface is built on top of something else. You know, we have a certain feeling, maybe it's a fear, maybe it's anxiety, maybe it's a hope, maybe it's a dream that we have. We have something at the core and then we're building onto that yeah. and we're developing our opinions based on that. We're seeking certain information or not seeking certain information yeah. based on that. And then we end up with a final conclusion and we're throwing our conclusion in someone else's face and then we're arguing because they have a different conclusion. Mm -hmm. And what we haven't looked at is, okay, what was the introduction? What was in the body? Like, what information went into this? Because once you're looking at that, oftentimes, okay, then there is a solution for this issue. There is a way to address mm -hmm. both of our fears or hopes or whatever motivators we have at the core. And, uh, yeah, I, I have a lot of thoughts that are getting <laughs> into my head because we can go in so many different directions. And I want... Uh, yeah, let me, let me see here. Basically, one thing I want to talk about is when we talk about uncomfortable conversations, sometimes our narrative, our story, our identity, uh, our problems, our frustrations, they sometimes cloud us and they make us not understand that there are people who have had other experiences mm -hmm. or other uh, have develop maybe other opinions or their own fears or their own challenges with a situation because they've lived a different reality. Yeah. And sometimes because we get, I don't know if the, uh, the right word, sometimes we get, 
it's righteous the word or yeah, i mean we're so immersed in our own experience we know why and how our feelings exactly. are valid but we don't know the other person's exactly. experience so it's easy to assume oh they don't know they don't understand exactly. how would they ever know or understand exactly. because their experience is different exactly. and we haven't immersed ourselves in their experience exactly. so we don't know why they feel the way they feel we're just assuming right off the bat off of the surface yeah so we have our whole context and their surface and we're comparing those two yeah and and exactly the, the sometimes when there are very big differences in really what people have lived what people their their personal identities their personal fears their personal insecurities what sometimes happens is because that narrative gets so strong time isn't taken to really both understand the other person's narrative and communicate and educate their individual narrative and mm -hmm. the narrative gets forced on the other person yeah. and that's something that we got to be very careful with because we got to ask ourselves what's the goal and in developed development obviously we al always talk about harmony respect mutual respect diversity and all these sort of things but we also talk about diversity without mutual respect and mutual understanding leads to a lot of conflict yeah. and discrimination but diversity with mutual respect with curiosity with proper communication leads to a lot of growth yeah. in a lot of areas and really the world is richer and greater because of diversity but when we talk about uh, people's traumas and people's narratives and people's personal identities uh, sometimes it can be a wall instead of a bridge yeah and we got to be very careful with that because we, we see it in in in, in many groups of, of minorities of whether it be immigrants or sexual minorities or, or any type of minority that sometimes it can bring people together mm -hmm. when they talk about and celebrate the differences but sometimes even within minorities they can discriminate against each yeah. other because <laughs> my minority is more important or my minority have, has had more struggles or my or specific experience of this is more real than than your exactly. specific experience of this uh, and and that is a very it, it, it's it's a very sad approach yeah because really all minorities have things in common but all minorities have their unique experiences yeah and just because they're you can choose am i gonna let the unique experiences divide us all or am i gonna let the common ground unite us right mm -hmm. and that can be a big challenge because many times by being let's say a minority it's like this is my experience so even if you've had another experience you have to uh, understand this experience and yes it's very nice that we all understand each other's experiences, but in the process, don't invalidate the other person's experiences. Yeah. And that sometimes can happen. And with uncomfortable conversations, when we talk about identity, yes, educate other people on your experiences, on your narrative, on your identity, of your struggles. I mean, education and knowledge is power. Mm -hmm. But don't invalidate the other person and don't wrong the other person. Be patient with the other person because you might have spent years studying and researching and figuring things uh, out <laughs> figuring things out about the history of of let's say your identity your minority or uh, like but other people don't mm -hmm. like do you know the this story about chinese americans and their immigrants May, probably not because if you're not in that context 
you don't know how they were brought to the U.S. until what year they had voting rights. Like, it's it's if you don't. If you don't have a personal reason to seek out the information, a lot of the times you're not going to come across exactly. the information. And, and you can't expect the other person to just know in two seconds yeah. everything that you've spent years studying. And when it comes to uncomfortable conversations, there are many different types, but I, 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 I have certainly seen when people get forceful of their narrative, and it's not just minorities. It's not just... Uh, people who have been abused or victims. It it can be any type of person in any situation. Yeah, it can be, say you're getting married and you have different ways of handling money. Exactly. That can be a really uncomfortable conversation to have. Like, yeah. uh, I think there were studies that showed that 8% of married couples in Mexico, they prefer never to talk about money because it's uncomfortable if you have different experiences, yeah. if you have different approaches. But like, there's a lifelong history that goes yeah. into how a person has decided to deal with money. Like fears, traumas, past experiences, whether or not they've been in debt before, how much money they've grown up with, how easy it's been for them to make money. Like all these things influence how they're behaving around it now. But it's so easy to get into that relationship. And then just because your partner does it differently than you, it's like, wait, 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 no, you're doing it wrong. You're going to take us into all these terrible directions yeah. financially. And maybe yes, maybe no, but you need to talk about it and yeah. you need to listen to each other's context to figure it out. No, and, and, and that, that, that's why when we talk about uncomfortable conversations, the more questions you ask, the more curiosity you demonstrate, the more you're willing to learn, the better. And that doesn't mean you have to sacrifice your values or invalidate your values or invalidate your experiences. Because in most cases, not all, there's more common ground than you think. Mm -hmm. And yes, the differences can be frustrating. And yes, money issues, that's a very good point too. Uncomfortable conversations about money. Yeah. I mean, there, there's so many different ones. There are uncomfortable conversations about expectations and relationships. Uncomfortable conversations about personal identity and expectations and, and societal standards and whatever. Uh, uncomfortable conversations about how to manage money. Mm -hmm. Uncomfortable conversations about career choices. Yeah. Like, uh, for example, with me, the fact that I chose to drop out a couple of months before graduation in college, it was like, whoa, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> uncomfortable <laughs> conversations right there. But like No, when I, when I was deciding what to study, it was really interesting because I was the kind of kid that was good in school, mm -hmm. but that was good in various different subjects. So no matter what I considered studying, somebody would get disappointed and say, what a waste of this other talent you have. And I'm like, imagine being good at things being a bad thing. Like, it was... Things like that that you don't imagine. Like if, like I know you grew up more jealous of me and jealous of me being good in school. Yeah. And you look at someone like me as, oh, you have all the options in the world. You can do whatever you want. And then I was dealing with whatever I do, someone's going to be disappointed and mad yeah. at me. <laughs> so, yeah, there are a lot of things that can go in an uncomfortable direction because we haven't lived each other's yeah. experiences. And it's so easy to forget about that compassion of, hey, what is your experience with your life, with your situation? Because at the end of the day, like, if something ref is about my life, I'm the primary authority on it. Sure, I can be wrong. Sure, I can be delusional. Sure, I can convince myself of something that's not true. But at the end of the day, I'm the one living my life and my experience. So I'm the primary authority on that. 
But then once you bring people together, there are group situations where everyone should be equally involved in making the decisions. Mm. And that's where it starts becoming difficult if you don't know how to handle it. Yeah, and, and, and it's, it's one of those things where we really have to look at how do we build bridges? Mm -hmm. And how do we build bridges finding common ground? How do we build bridges explaining your narrative, in your context, in a way the other person can understand. Yeah. And that's relatable. That doesn't instantly invalidate the other person or invalidate yourself, because really, there's so much validity, there's so much value in exactly everyone's unique stories, uh, everyone's unique perspectives, everyone's unique uh, experiences. But we gotta look at, okay, how do we find this common ground? And it starts with asking questions. Yeah. And we've, uh, I'm, I'm going to stress this throughout the whole episode. Ask questions, ask questions, ask questions. Mm -hmm. And yes, take time to educate with patience, without judgment, without rolling eyes, without uh, being frustrated. Because exactly, just because you have certain experiences or you have certain values or you've been trained a certain way or whatever it is that has led you and shaped you to be what you are, it is 100% likely that the other person does not have that exact training and preparation. Yeah. And it takes time. Yeah, and when you're asking questions, I want to emphasize a point where you want to ask the right questions. Not in a black and white kind of way where you're judging yourself, but looking at, okay, am I asking for the right kind of information to understand what's going on? Exactly. Because if you're asking questions to make the other person prove their point or like prove to me that I need to listen to you, prove to me that I need to respect you, that's very different from, hey, It's more confrontational me. and yeah. it, uh, it makes people's guards go up. Yeah, and that's very different from, hey, how do you feel about this? Excellent. What has led you to this? What are your goals? What is it that you're hoping for? What are maybe your fears, if there are relevant fears in this situation? Like if you're asking those kinds of questions, those are actually built for creating understanding and creating mutual respect. Yeah. So you do want to look at, okay, what questions am I asking? Because sometimes you do it in autopilot. Maybe something is new to you. Maybe something surprises you. Maybe something catches you off guard. And just on autopilot, you ask more confrontational questions or questions that aren't really that focused on yeah. the main goal. So check in with yourself and go, okay, what questions am I asking? What things am I putting out there? Are they this reaction of theirs that I maybe don't agree with, is it based on how I've been treating them, how yeah. I've been referring to them, how I've been asking the questions? Oh, okay, then maybe let me change the questions yeah. I'm asking. No, I mean, it. obviously with more practice, you're going to ask better questions. Mm -hmm. And also don't judge yourself by miscalculating questions in the process, but do try to learn what yeah. what's the reaction, check the body language, are they getting more tense, are they getting more defensive, do they mo move back in their seat? Like, and sometimes you got to ask the tough questions. And sometimes there are questions that will make people uncomfortable. But balance it out. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, if you start with more positive narrative, compliments, if neutral questions, easy questions, that helps the other person build confidence. Mm -hmm. And then you can come with the harder questions, yeah. the more difficult questions, or the elephant in the room, let's say. Yeah. Uh, we see it a lot in meetings. When a person presents an idea that comes so far out of left field, and someone else on the team has 
a totally different context or experience, they might not understand at all where that idea came from. Mm -hmm. And they might go straight to attacking that idea. Yeah. <laughs> Steve <laughs> is like, you can use my name. <laughs> yeah, Steve. Uh, to give a little context, Steve uh, joined the team. Well, Steve was really part of the very early days of developing this information. But then he went back to Canada and was gone for a few years while this really became it shaped into something much more profound, much more deep. Mm -hmm. And uh, suddenly he comes, uh, rejoins the team a few years later. And obviously there's a lot of context that he was missing. Yeah. Uh, there was a lot of information he didn't have. There was a lot of uh, like experiences we've had as a team, things that we have seen work that he obviously had not seen at all. Yeah. And then ideas would get presented and he would get so confused because it was so far from his reality, his knowledge, his experiences, that sometimes his instinct would be to just shut down the other idea mm -hmm. uh, because it's like, no, you got to prove it to me where the, the, it's illogical. That makes no sense. We're focusing on this. And then all of a sudden there's this conversation. Where does that come from? And many times there's a very valid and logical explanation as to where that idea came from, why it was a valid idea. But it was just so unexpected for Steve that he would go, <laughs> what? Uh, and yes, um, it has happened on multiple occasions with Steve. He's not the only one, though. But yes, it is uh, uh, something that we've seen a lot because as he was playing a bit of context catch-up, yeah. uh, there was certainly, a, especially a period where there was just a lot of confusion about a lot of ideas that were presented. Yeah. And then over time, while there's still moments of disagreements and difficult conversations, it's no longer the same intensity and frequency because now he has more context. Yeah. And that's where context is key. Having all the information of the different variables, the factors, the influences, the experiences, the things that have shaped a situation, a dynamic, a uh, thought, an action, all of that stuff is golden information. It's valuable information. Mm -hmm. And with that, more empathy. I mean, the... It creates more empathy. It creates more mutual understanding, and it makes it easier to focus on the common goal. Yeah, and and that is something that we really, really got to focus on. And it it's uncomfortable conversations are essential, but we have a choice as to whether or not we make them more uncomfortable mm -hmm. or less uncomfortable. Yeah. And sometimes it's not a simple choice. Sometimes you got to make it a little bit more uncomfortable to fa like face more. Elephants in the room. Sometimes it's the wrong timing and you gotta make it less uncomfortable. But generally speaking, you gotta face the elephants in the room. Yeah. And that is something that you gotta look at, okay, what are the things that have to be talked about? Is now the right moment? Yes or no? Do I have enough information and context to handle it in a mature way? Do I have enough confidence to take the time to understand the other person's context without forcing my narrative? Mm -hmm. Yes or no? We gotta ask ourselves these questions before we go face it head on, not prepared. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I I thought she was gonna say something, so that's why I just. I think I had something, and then I just <laughs> forgot about it yeah. while listening to um, you. <laughs> but no, it 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 is something that that we gotta be very aware of because yeah. too many people play zero sum games. Yeah. Too many people have this idea, for me to win, you have to lose. Yeah. And that's not how the world works. Yeah. The more you play zero-sum games, the more you're going to invalidate people. You're going to invalidate 
their opinions, their thoughts, their processes, their identity, their frustrations, their culture, their reality. Yeah. The more you focus on creating win-win situations, the more you allow the diversity to be a source of strength, a source of growth. And there is so much value in diversity, but diversity has to be nurtured. It has to be explored. It has to be celebrated. That's one of the things I love about Canada. My sister and I, we obviously look very different. (laughs) We also sound a bit different. Um, and uh, which means in some countries we were treated very we differently. We were treated a bit differently. Yeah. Uh, when we've lived in predominantly white, blonde, blue-eyed countries, um, I may have experienced a little bit more discrimination. Yeah. Uh, th- than my sister. He's being uh, modest. He, he <laughs> I, I'm being modest because I also know that other people have had even worse context yeah. than me. Uh, but. Yes, I mean, I, I did get treated very differently uh, yeah. in, in certain countries and, and in certain places. And um, where was I going with... In Canada. Uh, in, exactly. <laughs> so in Canada, one of the things I loved is when we got to Canada, people were curious about where I've lived, what I've experienced, what I know. Like, it, and it was so different. Like, they were in like... What celebrities do you know? Who have you met? Whereas in Denmark, for example, and in Japan, there, there are, there are the like, there's the tall puppy syndrome. I say it called tall puppy. That's what they called in Australia. In Denmark, they called the Yentelo. In Japan, they call it the nail that sticks out gets hammered in. They all have different sayings, but basically, the, the you got to be modest. Same. You got to be modest, right? So, people in Denmark, I couldn't talk about my travels mm-hmm. because they were like. You're going to make other people feel insecure. You're going to make them feel sad. Like, you cannot talk about that in school because the other kids, they have not had those experiences, so you cannot share. So there's a big part of me that I couldn't share. And it's like, okay, so I'm not allowed to share something that's very important for me. That's kind of sad. Yeah. I'm not allowed to share my stories. That's kind of sad. But okay, so I learned not to. And I get to Canada, and people were asking so many questions. And I kept waiting. When are they going to bully me? When are they going to hurt me? When are they going to use that against me? Mm -hmm. And no, there was a general curiosity. And what I learned is in Canada, there's a day, there's a weekend, there's a month to celebrate every single country, culture, uh, uh, food, cuisine. Like, it's very common to celebrate and demonstrate. And there are, like, parades and, and, like... Uh, cook-offs and like all kinds yeah. of cool events with cultural exchanges. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> Steve was Canada because he's Canadian. Now I will uh, add that the rural parts of Canada might not be the same as the cities. And, of and course, of towns. course. I mean, but every country has their their uh, their, their, their but their it discrimination is and but challenges. it is something very beautiful that we saw. Like I remember in high school. It didn't look like the American movies where, like, this group of kids sits over here and this group of kids sits over here and, like, they never talk to each other. No, like, there are so many totally mixed groups and, like, okay, maybe you start seeing patterns The Asian kids are over here and maybe the mm-hmm. athletic white kids are over here. But then they, like, move over and switch seats and, like, join each other and, like, hey, what's up? Mm-hmm. And there was so much... So much respect for humanity, I feel, in the sense that, okay, yeah, we're different in this aspect or in that aspect... But at the core, we're all humans. So like, hey, what's up, friend, you know? Uh, And I think that's something that if we can all build that kind of attitude, we don't have to understand 
every single thing about someone else's life yeah. in order to respect them, in order exactly. to see them as human, in order to respect the fact that, okay, they've lived a different life and had different experiences, but they have value as a human being and their potential friend, their potential collaborator, their potential mm -hmm. person who can contribute in your life. If you can have that perspective, that outlook, differences are not going to cause conflicts in the same way. Um, uncomfortable conversations might still exist because certain joint decisions have to be made and sometimes different opinions and different perspectives will influence that. But it's going to come from a very different place. It's going to be much easier to deal with than if you're living in fear of people who are different from you or in constant like me against the world yeah. type attitude. No, that me against the world type attitude is a big big problem a lot of people have that people have been taught to survive have been mm -hmm. taught to and like not every culture uh, obviously we do this around the world and then some cultures where it's like no 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 we don't do that here like for example in some parts of asia like in japan sometimes they're so focused on the social expectations the cultural norms that they kind of invalidate themselves in the process yeah. but if we talk about latin america if we talk about the u.s there's more of that, like, yeah, stand yeah. up for yourself, me yeah. against the world. Like, uh, if if someone says something bad about you, you got to, like, if defend yourself. Defend yourself. And, and, and yeah. uh, so yeah. what I've seen is, is exactly, especially in this part of the world, there's a lot of that, like, oh, man, I'm, uh, I'm going to force my, my narrative. And it's, it's a sad situation because if you look right now at the general state Let's let's look at the U.S. We are making so many strides with a lot of beautiful things. There's so many advances in a lot of areas where where exactly people are coming together. A lot of differences are being celebrated, things like that. But also we are seeing people be so me against the world yeah. or us against the rest that there's still a lot of separation. There's a lot yeah. of conflict. You have one parade and then you have the opposite parade to mm -hmm. invalidate the par uh, other parade. Instead of to really kind of demonstrate their culture and have a cultural exchange, it's not, no, this is to invalidate this. Yeah. Um, like we see a lot of times when people let their insecurity speak instead of hope and love and, and, yeah. and curiosity speak, Things get ugly, and and it, it is a it is a challenge. Um, I mean, we saw it sadly here in Mexico a couple of weeks ago. Was it a feminist movement yeah. that yeah. destroyed a lot of uh, like really beat up a lot of of, of random people walking around? Mm, uh, uh, like there's a guy delivering Uber Eats on a bicycle who got beat up and 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 sprayed in the face with yeah. with uh, spray cans. Monuments like the Angel of Independence, Mexico City's like most important monument, was graffitied and destroyed. Uh, storefronts were destroyed, and it's a wasted opportunity. It's very, very sad. It's a it's a shame because a few days after that, you started seeing the rest of the yeah. movement, and it was a really beautiful yeah. movement in a lot of its aspects. Like yeah. they were. Uh, among other things, sort of marching against police violence yeah. and police officers that had raped a teenage girl, yeah. things like that, where like these are important issues to bring yeah. up. And 
there were pockets of this movement that were beautiful, that yeah. were inspiring, that were, you know, we need to talk about these issues. We need to create a better society for everybody. And because a few people went into anger and revenge and they said it themselves, we want, we don't want justice, we want revenge. Like beating people up that you don't know who they are. You don't know if they're living their lives dedicated to taking care of their grandma or if they're like the best ally in the world. You don't know them and you're beating them up. And it's like, you're distracting from the actual message that you're fighting for that people should hear. We, we have a comment here. There's so much bullying in Latin America and parts of the U.S. Mothers bully their kids and then they rep reproduce that behavior in social life, but it comes from home. Yeah. Yes. Uh, a lot of issues stem from, exactly, you learn behaviors in the home. Mm -hmm. uh, if you have violent parents, if you have non-emotionally intelligent parents, if they're fighting and arguing over everything, if they're invalidating it, uh, each other every day, then that's how you learn to communicate. Yeah. If you learn that uh, the world is against you, no one will do you any favors. Uh, I have a friend who, who, who her family believes that. Her family is like, no one will ever do something kind unless they expect something. So they go with a general mistrust every single day yeah. of their lives. And then they end up attracting not so kind people, but they justified us. Well, there's no kind people. Like, the, yeah. like there is the kind of that belief. And we gotta be very careful with that because yes, exactly. There, one thing is the mission, one thing is the purpose, one thing is, is the narrative, another thing is how you execute yeah. and whether or not you create what you want to create or what, whether you're creating the opposite. Yeah. And exactly uh, as, as we were just saying with, with, with the feminist movement uh, right now in, in, in Mexico, there was a, a lot of pockets of that uh, movement were peaceful, were nice, were uh, like, uh, and, and the following days we saw some of that but the main stuff that we saw was the destruction, was the violence. And that doesn't create unity. That doesn't create... And, and no, it makes people scared. It, it makes people it scared. It makes people scared that no matter what side they're on, they're going to be wrong. Uh, and that's something we have to be careful with. Because, yes, there are a lot of emotions involved in a lot of difficult conversations. Yes. That's why they're difficult. Yes. Uh, but we do have to look at what's the end goal. If our end goal is, I want revenge, I want other people to feel bad, I want other people to know how wrong they are, we're going to take very different steps. And if our end goal is, I want to create community, I want to create build bridges, I want to create mutual understanding, I want people to see things that maybe aren't being looked at. If that's your mission, you're going to act in a very different way. No, it, it only takes one moment. It only takes one... Um, action led by fear to really destroy a whole narrative mm -hmm. um, and it's very very sad because as I say there's so much progress being made I, I think there are so many uncomfortable conversations that are being had and they're getting more and more comfortable every day for a lot of people uh, there's more and more emotional intelligence being taught in different ways. If we talk about uncomfortable uh, conversations like dating, one thing that sometimes happens is people end up in relationships that are unhealthy yeah. because of what they saw in their home yeah. or because they don't feel worthy of more mm -hmm. or because they have been taught that there's a rush to get married and have kids. 
Uh, and more and more every day also in that side of things, people are taught to have more self-respect. People are taught to have more um, patience. I mean, uh, there is time. We live longer. Yeah. We have more access to information. We have more resources as humanity. Um, medicine, we have more. We, I mean, the world is getting better. But there are some struggles that are tough. And there's some things that, and it's really when we give power to the fear. Yeah. And that's why in developed development, we always talk about, it's not about not having fear. Courage is not the la uh, lack of fear. It's the choice that something is more important than that fear. Yeah. And it's like, okay, yes, I can feel fear. I can feel a lack of, of, of confidence. I can feel sad. I can feel anxious. But I choose to uh, level up in my life. I choose uh, better conditions for the generations that come. Mm -hmm. And uncomfortable conversations, yes, you got to start by giving yourself value. and it, But not invalidating others. Just be like, I'm going to give myself more value. I'm not mm -hmm. going to accept the bullshit. I'm not going to accept this. I'm not going to accept that. But there's a way to do it. Mm -hmm. And it's simply saying like, okay, this is not working for me. I'm going to give myself value. I'm going to work on my insecurities. I'm going to face the things that I want to face that I don't like, but I'm going to do it in a way that's going to create more of a positive impact. Yeah. And that requires confidence. Yeah. That requires confidence that it's possible to do it in a positive way instead of in a conflict-prone way. Yeah. It requires confidence in yourself that you have the voice, the power, the resilience to sometimes disagree with people. Mm -hmm. And that's why the first step is give yourself more value. But it's give yourself value not in a forced way. We see it in personal development every single day. How many people start the personal development journey and then it's like me against the world. Mm -hmm. I'm finally going to give myself value. I'm going to give myself power. And it's me, 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 me. Only me, only me. I'm choosing for myself. I'm creating for myself. I'm doing this for myself. But they get stuck in that point. Yeah. And that is sad because really... When you focus on you, you can re you can increase your resources, you can increase your confidence, your patience, your mental clarity, so that you can connect more with others, so you can be more generous with others, so you can collaborate more with others, and so you can understand other people and be more empathetic with the differences. Yeah. And that, I mean, that is power. Yeah. That is power. But yes, the more you let fear win, fear of rejection, fear of judgment, Fear of losing control of the situation. I mean, a lot of discrimination is sometimes uh, has its roots with who has the power, who has control. Yeah. And if discrimination exists still to this day, it's I'm afraid of losing power. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of it, there's many things. There's fear of the unknown, not understanding. Mm -hmm. uh, fear of if 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 you've been taught a religion and you've been taught that everything of the other religion is wrong. Fear of being a sinner. Fear of being. I mean, but. Yeah. It's fear. Yeah. And at the end of the day is, are you choosing fear or are you choosing hope? Are you choosing love? Are you choosing collaboration? Are you choosing ethics and values that really create a better life for everyone? Mm -hmm. And it sounds cheesy, but it's that simple. Yeah. Like, yes, we can go in so many different directions. We've already talked about different types of uncomfortable conversations. I mean... We can add another one. Breakups. Let's talk breakups. <laughs> Uncomfortable conversation. How many people get stuck in a com in a no. relationship because they can't break up with someone? One thing that... Uh, 
I've historically had an easier time with breakups than a lot of people that I know. And for me, it's really based in that mentality of it doesn't need to be an awful experience. So how can I make this not an awful experience? And what most people do when they break up is that they take all the frustration that they've pent up over, be it days, months, or years, they have all this frustration pent up, and then they throw it on the other person, blame the other person, invalidate the other person, and go by. And it doesn't have to be this way. Like, usually a breakup comes about when it's obvious that the people involved want different things. They want different relationship styles or they have such different ways of expressing love and affection that they just cannot bridge that gap with just communication. Like You reach a point where, okay, we're not compatible as a couple. So if you focus on that, like if you focus on, okay, look, we've reached this point, we've been trying, we've been making efforts. It's not that either one of us is wrong. It's not that either one of us is fully to blame, but we want different things and we both deserve to have the opportunity to find a relationship that's better for us. If you're breaking out from that perspective, it doesn't necessarily make it 100% easy or comfortable, but it's a very different situation from, this is why you're to blame for everything that I've suffered all of this time, and that's why I'm breaking up with you, bye. Uh, No, 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 it's exactly. The more you point fingers, the more you play the blame game, the more uncomfortable you make any conversation. Mm -hmm. There's so many conversations that stuff we're talking about and and at the core of it is don't blame others don't blame yourself fully take some responsibility use curiosity communicate your context seek to understand the other person's context without invalidating each other's Mm -hmm. context and find the common ground and exactly with a breakup common ground is not working how can we solve this maybe the solution is to separate Mm -hmm. maybe it is to change something in the relationship but by having the conversation, you can go from having an unhealthy com- uh, relationship to suddenly either have an amazing relationship or to breaking up and being free to pursue the relationships you seek. Yeah. But the amount of times I've seen people actually take the time to have an uncomfortable conversation, their life improves, whether it is strengthening the relationship or choosing a different relationship. Mm-hmm. But at the core, it's choosing to give yourself more self-respect, choosing to focus on solving problems, not winning arguments, not playing zero-sum games. And yeah, I mean, it's, there's so many things I wanna say, there's so many things I wanna <laughs> emphasize, but I don't wanna overcomplicate it either because yeah. at, the, at, the, at, the, at the root, at the core, it's simple. Yeah. And we gotta stop fighting against the world. We gotta stop fighting against everyone else. We gotta stop invalidating other people. We gotta stop forcing our narrative because the moment we start trying to understand each other's narratives, each other's differences, each other's opinions, experiences, traumas, goals, the more context we have, the easier it gets. Yeah. And I mean, even just uh, an uncomfortable situ- uh, a conversation with your boss or your employees, just taking the time of being like, so this isn't working, but it's not your fault. It's not my fault. Let's just let's like sure we all have an influence, but like 
Let's look at let's what we can let's actually focus on the do. Problem. Yeah. Let's not f- focus on pointing fingers. Yeah. And yeah, if they start pointing fingers, just say, that's in the past. Let's move forward. Mm-hmm. Recently, I had to have a very uncomfortable conversation with some family members. And they kept going to the past. They kept reinforcing the stories, the traumas, the offenses, the disappointments. And I just kept saying, that's in the past. We've all made mistakes. Let's focus on the solution. What's the problem? Yeah. The problem is this. How do we solve it? Okay, so this is the resources we have. These are the options we have. What works for everyone? Okay, well, this has some compromise. Yeah, this has some compromise, which is one that has the fewest compromises that solves most problems for most people. Boom, let's solve it. Yeah. And there were many people involved, and I was really focused because people were getting emotional. They were justifying their actions, and they were pointing out the other p- person's issues, and I was just like, no, 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 you're going about this wrong. But I didn't say that. I was mm-hmm. just like, that's in the past. We've all made mistakes. Let's face it. Everyone here has made mistakes. True? Yes. Okay, mm-hmm. let's focus on solving the problem. This is a problem we have. Yes, it sucks to be in this situation, but how do we solve it? Boom, 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 boom. Problem relatively solved. You might not find a perfect solution that pleases everyone, but you can certainly find a much better solution than if you spend four, five hours, 10 hours, 20 days arguing and reinforcing your point, your narrative, mm-hmm. over and over and over again. Yeah. And that's what many people do. Yeah, c- if you have that many emotions involved, it means that there's some kind of solution that you're looking for. Uh, so it's really about bringing back the focus on that. Yeah, no, no, it, it's really, and yes, you got to ask yourself, what buttons do I have? What insecurities do I have? Mm-hmm. What very strong personal identity attachment to this narrative do I have that's maybe blinding me from seeing other people's narratives? Mm-hmm. Because it's not that your story is wrong, but if your story gets forced to the degree that other people's stories are invalid, things don't work. Yeah. And I've seen it countless times with people who feel that they are misunderstood, that they feel rejected, they feel ignored, they feel invalidated, then they force their context. And I've never seen that actually work for productive (laughs) problem solving. I I, I haven't. I've seen it create more division than than unity. And, and, And that's why I'm a big fan of the word unity. I'm a big fan of of the word collaboration. I'm a f- big fan of the word empathy. I'm a big fan of the word context. Yeah, Steve Jobs, uh, uh, Steve behind the scenes is uh, saying, didn't Steve Jobs force his context on a lot of early employees? If you look at the history of Apple, Steve burned a lot of bridges by forcing his context on everyone. and. Apple almost went bankrupt. He was pushed out of the board of directors. He was basically fired from his own company mm-hmm. because of many different issues, but a lot of creative differences where he just forced his context instead of actually taking the time to explain his ideas. And yes, he had a lot of maturing to do, but there were a lot of his ideas that were actually very good. And actually Apple did in many ways better on, well, Steve Jobs saved Apple. Had Steve Jobs not returned to Apple, Apple would have totally been bankrupt, wouldn't exist today. Steve was a visionary, but from, uh, Steve Jobs was a visionary, but for many, many years, he was not emotionally intelligent and he burned a lot of bridges. Mm -hmm. And yes, sometimes you gotta push, sometimes you gotta force things, but if you're constantly forcing things, you burn too many bridges. If every now and then you double down, but you pick those moments carefully, like for example, I am a very relaxed person. I'm a very, 
Um, how, 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 how would I describe myself for the point of this narrative? For example, I am not conflict prone. Mm-hmm. Very p- rarely will anyone see me upset. Will if anyone see me raise my voice? Will anyone see me uh, really in any other state than relatively happy? Yes, a bit stressed. But so it means when I do double down, when I do insist on something, people pay attention. Mm-hmm. But it's like if you're crying wolf all the time, I know it's not the same thing, but like if you're constantly using the same intensity, when you adjust your intensity, it doesn't work anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one thing that we've seen with Steve sometimes in the beginning. He would come with a lot of intensity all the time. And then suddenly that stopped working. Mm-hmm. A few times it worked. And then it was like, there he goes again. Mm-hmm. And it's like, there he goes again. It's not the reaction he wanted. right? Yeah. So, But it's not that you can't increase intensity or reduce intensity or that you can't double down sometimes. But if you are constantly forcing things, you don't have that power anymore. Mm-hmm. But if you... Generally speaking, our collaborative, patient, relaxed, calm, like empathetic, understanding, and people feel valued. They feel that they can communicate with you without being inta- attacked and invalidated. When you do choose to be like, I have to emphasize this point. This is important. I'm going to double down on this. Then people are going to be like, okay, I know that this person is not like generally a person who does this. Why is he doing it now? Yeah. So that can actually work. Um, I mean, in all my life, how many times have you seen me raise my voice? That's a tough question. Steve has because he's <laughs> often been the reason. The, the reason. <laughs> no, no, Steve. For context, Steve and Yannick, <laughs> since they know each other, basically, sometimes like to debate things. Sometimes they don't even care about the thing they're debating. They just like to test their wits. Yeah. But every now and then. Things go out of hand (laughs) and things get a bit more personal or a bit more important to them or they're caught in the wrong moment. That's a good segue to another thing. Depending on who your audience is, Mm -hmm. how you're intensive. And and when we talk personality psychology, that's a big factor. When we talk people's traumas and experiences, that's a big factor. But also when we talk about trust. I mean, obviously, Steve is my best friend. We have known each other since we were kids. And... Really, it's at a point where we know we can say anything or do anything and we have each other's back. And we both messed up. We both made mistakes. We both offended each other. We both, But we have so much mutual respect and gratitude for each other that we can get through any of those things. Mm-hmm. But if, you, if I communicate the way that I communicate with Steve with anyone else on the team, they get a bit butthurt <laughs> for the r- for right reasons. Yeah. They get really sad. They get confused because with Steve, I can just tell him like, I can tell him fuck off. Like <laughs> I can tell him that. I mean, the, I can criticize anything head on without filter. And yes, he might raise his voice and get defensive and whatever for a moment. But a few minutes later, we go and find the source. We find the problem. Yeah. And I can do that with him. But when I've done similar things with other members of the team too early on in their onboarding process, it's been like, oh my goodness, you don't value me, you invalidate me, you don't uh, appreciate me, you don't understand me, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And it, this, it becomes this whole personal thing. And yes, with personality psychology, there's some personalities that are more likely to react that way than others, but also trust. Yeah trust and experiences and previous traumas right when you have built them strong enough like 
bond with someone, you can be much more direct with them. But that doesn't mean that you can be the same level of direct with other people. And yes, that can cause confusion. It's like, why can I do that with Steve, but I can't do that with you? Like, mm-hmm. for example, like that can cause confusion. But that's where we gotta always reinforce nothing is one size fits all. And that's when developed element. We talk about personalizing your approach. Yeah. Different people need different things. Different people react differently to different situations. One phrase that might make Steve laugh might make someone else on the team cry, mm-hmm. and vice versa. And I've seen it happen. I've seen a joke makes one person laugh and one person be totally offended. Yeah. I've seen uh, 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 no, a, a gesture of kindness be well received by one person and another person totally shut it down and not be able to receive it. It's like if you watch prank videos on YouTube or something. Like Sometimes the people in those videos have a kind of relationship where they find that hilarious and funny and yeah. then one person pranks one person then the other person pranks them back. And I remember watching those as a kid being like, I hope I never have friends like that. Yeah. <laughs> because for me, a lot of the pranks that you see in those videos are really invasive and uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh, but that's where like, if you build a relationship with somebody, Steve is looking at me way too much and he's the biggest prankster on the team, so I'm a little bit worried. Um, yeah, usually I'm more involved in the planning, so I like that position. I like being involved in the planning and, okay, so with this person we can do it this way. I'm cool with that. Um, I'm not the biggest fan of being pranked, <laughs> especially if it's, like, physically invasive. Um, yeah, but if you build a relationship with somebody, if you really get to know somebody, then you have a better idea of, like, who can you yeah. be in what way with. And it's not that you can't be fully yourself with everybody. I mean, yes, there are people that you can't be fully yourself with, but there are different aspects of yourself that are easier to express with certain people because they get it, because maybe they're similar or maybe they have the context or the understanding. So it's beautiful, too, looking at, oh, with this person I can share this, with this person I can share this, with this person I can share this. If you look at it from, hey, how cool that I have all these great people in my life, it's very different from, Oh, how come with this person I can do this, but with you I can't? No, that, that, uh, for example, wha- that's one of the things that... Uh, bear with me. I'm, g- I'm going to try to make a point. It, 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 it's I, I hope you'll get Maybe it can help uh, <laughs> uh, add a little bit to it. But, but one thing that I sometimes see is people, exactly, they, have, they escape from their problems and they find these ultimate social bubbles that don't expect anything from them, that really actually try to keep them down that reinforce the victim mentality reinforce the traumas in life re- like uh, reinforce bad habits like drug use or alcohol abuse or whatever and but you feel so comfortable in those groups because you can be yourself in the sense that you are never challenged you're never questioned you're never wronged mm-hmm. so you hang out there sometimes it can be other things that can be seemingly more healthy depending on how you approach it. Uh, it, it can be support groups, it can be uh, religious groups, it can be personal development groups that you end up only feeling like you can be yourself when you're mm-hmm. spending time with those people that have the same context, the same narrative, and that won't challenge you to broaden your perspective. And sometimes you have to understand that the ones that challenge you to broaden your perspective sometimes are doing your favor. Yeah. Because sometimes... With every, with every group, with every social circle, with every belief system, with every support network, there are going to be good things and there are going to be bad things. And you have to filter out that noise and see what works for you and what doesn't work for yeah. you. Even with developed development, there are going to be things that work for you and things that don't work for you. Mm-hmm. But you have to be willing to look at things critically. Yeah. And having friends that are willing to point out 
that's not so healthy, that's not so good. That's not really quite true, is it? Have you fact-checked that? Does that really work for you? Like, mm -hmm. That can be a good thing, but if you're too insecure and give power to your fear, what do you do? You double down on the, no, they get me. Mm -hmm. They s understand me, but no, they don't get you. They don't understand you. They just don't challenge you. Yeah. And real friends will take the time to actually every now and then challenge you not yeah. all the time you want to balance we say that we talk yeah, about that here in develop Yemen, that you want to diversify your 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 support network with mm -hmm. people who some that cheer you on some that criticize you but constructively or very honestly <laughs> if you uh, have the confidence to 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 have that but diversify yeah no it's i mean you don't want the challenging groups to be constant slaps in the face uh you don't want them to be complete constant stress and I can never get it right. You want the challenges in your life overall to be the ones that do encourage you to step up. Um, I'm a big fan of support groups, but I'm also a big fan of knowing when to leave support groups. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, for many aspects of my life, I found it very helpful to seek out people with similar experiences to me. But I've noticed, like, you can be in a support group for the same thing, yeah. two different support groups, and in one, it's all about the victim mentality and complaining yeah. and how, you know, we're never going to be happy and we're never going to be successful because everyone else hates us. And then there are others where it's like, yeah, there's complaining and there's venting, but there's also, hey, look, this success story or this positive thing happened or this person in my life is really trying to understand or like celebrating positive things as well Not and that. sharing tips like, hey, how can I discuss this in a way that this person might understand better mm -hmm. and more constructive conversations? So... If you're in support groups, do look at those differences or just who do you follow on social media? Like what YouTubers are you watching? Look at the overall narratives. Is there a mix of things? Like, yes, sometimes tough things are brought up, yeah. but also constructive ideas are brought up. Or is it constantly a negative so narrative? That, that's a very important thing to emphasize because exactly support groups can sometimes reinforce victim mentality. Sometimes uh, can reinforce uh, us against the world mentality to such a, a degree that you start pushing people away that really are there for you. Mm -hmm. uh, we even had a bit of a challenge with that with some of the support groups you were in that would suddenly make you feel like I was against you in some things. So I was not against at all, mm -hmm. but there ha we had to take the time to understand. So, okay, so what things are you experiencing? Okay. Let me understand how things work. Give me time. Uh, be patient yeah. with me. And uh, like those things that you're telling me, that's something that happened to some person, maybe some other part of the world mm -hmm. with some other context. It's not applicable to here, yeah. but it's very easy to draw those p things and be like, well, that happened over there. So that's relevant here. And it's not always the case. Sometimes mm -hmm. it is. Sometimes it's not. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, that's something very, very powerful. And I'm actually very impressed and very very proud and very grateful <laughs> that you bring that up because a lot of our growth as, as siblings as business partners has come from trying to understand each other mm -hmm. and not force each other's contacts yeah. context but there were certainly periods where it was like my context against yours mm -hmm. and it was like it was a problem and yeah. a lot of that came from support groups that would reinforce certain narratives certain stories that suddenly would make people who weren't even related to that dynamic wrong. Mm -hmm. And like, I remember sometimes being wronged for things that really was like, that's not at all what's going on here. Mm -hmm. And it was only when you started seeing, ah, 
he has a different context. I have a different context. Yes, this thing I'm t currently t uh, reinforcing this story about this person in this other country, but that's not really applicable here. So, all good. Yeah. And 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 it took a while to get to that point, mm -hmm. uh, but that is really important. And I've seen it with so many t types of uh, situations where people they double down in those support networks and. Sometimes they can contribute a lot of good, but they can just put it in enough toxicity to burn a lot of bridges, to really push a lot of people that really are yeah. there for your way. And I've seen that so many times where people are like double down on their support groups and then they double down on their narrative, they double down on their victim mentality. And it's not invalidating their story. It's not that they're not a victim, but if your story is going to be constantly that mm -hmm. then how are you going to connect with people yeah. are you going to have enough curiosity to see what else is possible what other ways of approaching things and it's so beautiful and and we've seen it with with also personal development systems mm -hmm. where it's like there's a lot of good but then there are just these few little things that make a separation yeah and that's why in development we talk so much about listen guys we want to be obsolete. We want you to integrate into society. We don't want to be a, an alternate social bubble for you to escape to. Yeah. And like, yeah, it's you got to be very careful with that. And and d exactly, you, I'm I'm getting some comments adding on to what we are saying. Don't block everyone and everything that makes you uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Because in developed development, we talk about sometimes you gotta you gotta experience discomfort to reach more comfort. Yeah. And yes, how many every difficult conversation we've had to some degree has gotten us closer mm -hmm. to much better reality. Some of the early difficult conversations we've had, there was so different context, there was so much work that had to be done in understanding each other's uh, reality. We're back on stream? The same stream? Okay, guys, <laughs> so I don't know what's up with the stream. I don't know what you guys have seen, what you guys haven't seen. Um, we lost internet for a while there, and uh, yeah, so I don't know how much of the behind the scenes <laughs> we're seeing, but we were a little sad because we had some more things to share with you guys, but we're basically wrapping up. I was actually writing a message uh, with the wrapping up stuff. Um, so, so let's just wrap up quickly. Um, there, there are obviously so many directions to take this in and if you have questions, if you have your personal situations that you're going through, feel free to reach out and we are here for you to, to help you through your, your, your what's relevant to you. Mm -hmm. uh, but what we did want to just emphasize is difficult conversations sometimes are continuous. They're not just one conversation. Sometimes yeah. it's a series of conversations. I can say both with, with my sister Tell and Steve behind the scenes. There's been a lot of very, very different contexts that have created a lot of differences, a lot of frustrations a lot of uh, uh, feelings of being invalidated or misunderstood, but because there's enough really care, love, uh, like mm, curiosity, desire to understand, empathy, etc., we have been able to really take the time to have a series of conversations yeah. that have led us to really have a much better, stronger bond, much better, stronger dynamic. And 
sometimes you gotta be express yourself in in difficult ways and you gotta go through that period but it, it's never about invalidating the other per person it's never about being right or wrong it's about understanding each other and the more time you do that the better and yes you can educate each other on how to more optimally communicate with each other I know I've had conversations with both Itzel and with Steve um, about how to more optimally communicate their narratives, their things. I know they've had a conversation with me with how to better approach them. Mm -hmm. And uh, when we don't get defensive and try to understand, things level up, things improve. Yeah. And maybe in the moment there's resistance, maybe in the moment there's, there's frustration, but then right after things improve. Mm -hmm. And I've seen it very strongly both with, with Itzel and Steve those moments of like, okay, things are really annoying right now, things are very difficult right now, but the continuous curiosity, the continuous hope, the continuous goals in common, goals in common also unite people. So there might be individual goals, but when you have a common goal, you can come together. Mm -hmm. So for example, Steve has his personal goals, Itzel has her personal goals, I have my personal goals but that are also very public and, and <laughs> based but like we all have our personal goals but at the end of the day when we find w what goals you have in common things really get powerful mm -hmm. and uh, yeah it uh, it's it's really really nice when when you come together for those common goals despite the differences and yes little by little you can educate the other person or maybe where they are a little flawed or where they're a little wrong, there's nothing wrong with you having your voice and your story and your side to the story, but timing is key, intensity is key, ex narratives are key. I'm a big fan of also using metaphors, using a different example. So if I know that something is a hot button, I'm gonna share a story that's totally the same and totally different at the same time. <laughs> what do I mean by that? If you have someone who has a certain narrative and you have to have a difficult conversation with them, if you point fingers at them or their support group or their identity, they're just going to go straight into that story, straight into that support group, straight into that reinforcing that mm, victim mentality or us against the world or me against the world. But if you go, okay, let me show you this other thing that's a totally different story, but it might help you and it's someone who has a totally different identity, a totally different support group, a totally different context. But there's enough similarity that they're willing to look at that without getting defensive. And then mm -hmm. they go, ah, I see it now. <laughs> and that's something that, that we've been quite good at doing, uh, both in terms of my, my dynamic with Itzel and, and with Steve. It's, okay, there's this metaphor that's different so it's not an attack on you, but it can help you see something or hear something. Now we're getting a phone call. This is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, <laughs> we, uh, we we are wrapping up now. So, so yeah, the, we have a Spanish podcast coming out now. So, so yeah, that's another thing. When you're having uncomfortable conversations, use metaphors, use examples of things that are not directly linked to people's buttons and insecurities, and they're more likely to listen. They're more likely to be open to hear. It doesn't mean that they necessarily will, but it makes conversation so much easier. Yeah. Uh, and we've we've seen that. Every, anytime someone gets too defensive, we go, wait, 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 hold up. Okay, so let me tell you this story, or let me give you this example, or let me give you this other thing, uh, 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 a tidbit of information. And we use something that's so different, but mm -hmm. still 
relates to it and that helps yeah that helps a lot things get easier and things just flow when you actually stop pointing fingers and stop pushing people's buttons sometimes you have to push a button sometimes you do but not always uh so be wise about that but yeah we will wrap up uh if there's any questions put them in the comment section or in the chat or anywhere and we'll get back to you and uh yeah we'll be back next week same time same place with more topics and if you have any requests and topics let us know and uh yeah if you haven't done it yet Go on our YouTube channel, subscribe, ring the bell, because then you'll get notified when we have more of these episodes. So, yeah, have a good one.